Hey everyone, it's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to start a conversation about weight training. Um, this is not going to be the only series that we have on weight training. This is literally just going to be a little dabble into weight training, why it's important, where it came from. We have a conversation at the end of this series with one of our members, which went really well. We're going to have many conversations about weight training because it is so important and because it is uh, can be so impactful and because it just has a bunch of underlying feelings to it that it's just going to take us a long time to really unpack the benefits of it, to unpack everything that all the beliefs that underlie weight training. Um, here's what this particular episode really is going to be focused around is going to be around training as a way of life. The next episode, we'll talk about why we always need resistance in our lives to begin with. Today, we're going to be talking about training as a way of life. And what we'll find is that weight training, training in general for the purposes of improving the health of the body has been around much longer than any of us have probably cared to think about. And one when training really came about, the idea of training was much different than our idea of training is now. Now, I believe it's starting to shift. I believe it's starting to transform into the thing that it needs to be to really help us move forward. But training as it was when it started was really a ho more holistic view. And my belief is, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say, over the last couple of decades, the progression of the human race as far as the longevity and the health of the human race has been primarily because of medicine. There's been lots of transformations in medicine over the last few decades, not, not just few decades, but you know, 30 or 40 years. So many things have come out of medicine that have helped us improve in so many different ways, improve our longevity. But the re really the big thing now that we've made these changes that has helped us, help us overcome a lot of infections and a lot of diseases that would have knocked us out, you know, 50 or 60 years ago, the big thing now is chronic disease. And chronic disease really starts because we just don't take care of ourselves. And until we start to make a shift in our mindset that this the lifestyle we need to live is not a not a lifestyle in which here's my life over here i work over here i have personal life over here i have a i work out over here and then i have like all these different parts and i think in this segmented way until you start to view your life as a holistic piece as a thing that you're just trying to become the best that you can. You're trying to play your part as well as you can. Until you start to make that shift, until us as a society starts to make that shift, it's just going to be much harder for us to make any significant progress in our health, in our health span, and our, in our longevity moving forward. So that's my plea, if you will, at the beginning of all of this. And that's what we'll see moving forward, how... 2,500 years ago, the idea of training as a way of life was brought about. And it started, not all of it started, but you could see the beginning of it through a man called Socrates. 
And for those of you who have ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know who Socrates is. Um, And for those of you who have ever studied philosophy, you know who Socrates is. He is basically the father of philosophy, if you will. And there's a conversation that he had that has been brought to us over the course of 2,500 years that he was having with a friend. And the friend was not in good health and he was complaining about his health and how it was deteriorating and how he didn't feel well and so on and so forth. And there's a couple sentences that Socrates says to him that shows how Socrates, the philosopher, thought about the body. He says, it is disgraceful to grow old through sheer carelessness before seeing what manner of man you may become by developing your bodily strength and beauty to their highest limit. But you cannot see that if you are careless, for it will not come at its own accord. So essentially what Socrates is telling us is that we can sit and wait and we can hope that health and wellness show up and that our bodies stay strong and when we stay vibrant, but it's not going to just come. It's not just going to show up. We need to see what our bodies are capable of. And as Socrates says, it's really a shame if we don't, because if we don't see if we can't, we don't build our bodies to the strength that they are capable of, then how are we ever to know what, what we can really accomplish in a lifetime? Um, so with that being said, let's transfer to weight training specifically and talk about what weight training is and kind of where it came from. So, uh, weight training is also known as resistance training. Uh, resistance just means weight bearing in nature. So weight can be anything from kettlebells and dumbbells and barbells. Of course, I think we all understand that. It can also be your body weight. It can also be any other thing you hold. You can pick up anything and it can make that resistance training. If you're carrying something, um, it it doesn't really matter what it is. Anything that is weight bearing in nature, that's going to be resistance training or weight training. The important The other important word in this, of course, is training. So training is the execution of a purposely developed program to achieve an outcome. That's not the technical definition. That's kind of something that I'm throwing out there, if you will. But I think it's important to start to differentiate because what a lot of us do is we say, I got to go get a workout in and we go to our local Globo gym and we do something. There's no... There's usually not a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. There's usually not a whole lot of progression to it. There's usually not a whole lot of structure to it. It's mostly just showing up and usually doing kind of the same thing over and over again, which generally leads us to burnout, which generally leads us to being demotivated and so on and so forth. Um, And while going to the gym and, and doing something is always, always, always better than doing nothing. It's always better than doing nothing. The hard thing is progressing enough to make sure that you stay moving forward. Because as we saw in the motivation series, like we need to be making progress in order to stay motivated. Like that's the truth. Doing the same thing over and over again and not seeing the body change is hard to want to keep going. So we need to make progress, and in order to do that, 
It starts with just a shift in your thought about what you're doing when you go to the gym. Going and just getting a workout in is simple enough. You can go and you can get on the treadmill and you've got a workout in, technically. But if you're going and you're training, then you're training for something and you're training for a purpose and you have an outcome in mind. And I know that it's hard for, to understand for many of us who are just general population and where we don't, we don't play any sports or whatever it is. But the truth of the matter is we're all athletes. Every single person on this earth is an athlete because every single person on this earth has the same abilities within them that all the athletes that we watch on TV do. Now, of course, they're on TV. They have greater inherited abilities. So that's true. That's, there's no you know, lie about that. Um, but nonetheless, we all have those abilities within this. We are all meant to move. We are meant to jump. We are meant to run. We are all meant to cut and climb and do all of these things. And because of that, we can all train. And we can all train with a purpose. And we can all train to improve ourselves so that we can become our best self possible. So that's weight training in general. Like I said, the resistance part of it is just anything weight-bearing. And then the training part of it, I think it's important to start to shift that mind around what you're doing in the gym and realizing that you're there to, you're there for a purpose. You're there to improve yourself. Um, and one of the first people who did this was also around the time of Socrates. This is around 540 BC. Uh, a guy named Milo of Croton, I'm probably not saying that word right, but um, we're going to go ahead and go with it. Milo was a, an Olympic wrestler. He was a wrestler. And the story of Milo is actually very compelling. At 540 BC, 2,500 years ago, Milo decided he wanted to start to get strong. He decided he wanted to be the best wrestler he could be. So... He found himself a baby calf. And what he did was every day he'd pick up that baby calf and he'd carry it for some amount of time. He'd probably pick it up and then squat down and then pick it back up and squat down again. He, maybe he'd carry it on one shoulder and then carry it on the other shoulder. Maybe he'd carry it around his neck. But he did it every day. And he did it every day until the calf was a four-year-old bull. Now you can imagine how heavy that bull was by the time it was four years old. Bulls nowadays can get to be, I have no clue, over a thousand pounds, I would imagine. So over the course of when the calf was a baby, I don't know how heavy that would be, 50 pounds or so, 80 pounds, I'm not really sure. And when the, when the calf was a four-year-old bull, a thousand pounds, every day that calf got a little bigger, every day that calf got a little heavier, and every day that Milo picked up the calf, the body was adapting to that response. It was adapting to that stimulus. What we call today progressive resistance training or progressive overload, that's what Milo was doing. Now, I'm sure he didn't go, I'm going to work some progressive overload into my training and start picking up this baby calf. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I wouldn't imagine that 2,500 years ago, that's what he was saying to himself. But that's our basic idea of progressive overload today, of weight training, starting out of weight, 
the weight that you can currently do and then adding some amount of weight at a regular interval until you achieve the weight that you're after. Now, of course, Milo didn't say to himself, I'm going to quit carrying this calf once it's, you know, a thousand pounds or whatever it is. Probably it got to a point where he just couldn't pick it up anymore. But nonetheless, this is really where the idea of weight training started to evolve right around this time frame. Now, the story of Milo has been said to be a myth, of course, um, maybe not of course, but many people put off this story as a myth. I tend to believe it's true. Milo, the person, was definitely real. Um, back in those times, the Greeks did a series of games called the Panhellenic Games. Panhellenic literally means all of Greece. Um, there were four games that participated in the Panhellenic Games, if you will. One of them was the Olympic Games. Another one was Pythian Games. There were the Isthmian Games and then the Nemean Games. And there are records of Milo participating in all of these and being multiple-time champions in all of these. He was six-time champion in the Olympics, seven-time champion in the Pythian Games, ten-time champion in the Isthmian Games, and nine-time champion in the Nemean Games. So the dude was real, and he was good. And if this idea of him carrying a baby bull around is a real uh, anecdote, then it goes to show the importance of progressive training and starting somewhere and doing something at a regular interval so that you get better. Now, he wasn't the only one during this time that was using resistance training to improve his abilities. Uh, athletes, gladiators of the time, used lots of weight-bearing implements to help improve themselves. They used shields, they used heavier swords, they used um, even heavier helmets to get their necks stronger. They used these things called haltiers that were basically the predecessors to dumbbells. They'd carry them in their hands and they'd press them overhead and they'd do arm circles with them and they'd jump forward with them to help improve their jumps and they'd jump on top of things to help improve their jumps and they'd run with them to help improve their running. Um, so around this time, there were a whole lot of weight-bearing ideas. There were throwing stones that people would throw with to help improve their throwing abilities. Of course, in the Olympics, a lot of it, there were some stone-throwing things that they would do, but um, nonetheless, there were lots of different ideas it, at this time frame where athletes and gladiators were using weights to help improve their performance. Now, of course, that makes sense because athletes, which are basically gladiators of our time, um, they do that as well to help improve their performance. But what does that have to do with you? And what does that have to do with training for life and training as a way of life? Well, it was around this time, again, that the idea of just athletes and gladiators training to improve performance started to shift toward people training to help improve their health. In that same conversation that Socrates was having with his friend who was in ill health, there's another excerpt that he um, that we can look at that shows how Socrates thought about and how people of the time and philosophers of the time thought about weight training and how it improved not only the physical body but also the mental body. Socrates says, 
why even in the process of thinking in which the use of the body seems to be reduced to a minimum, it is, um, it is matter of common knowledge that grave mistakes may often be traced to bad health. And because the body is in a bad condition, loss of memory, depression, discontent, and sanity often assail the mind so violently as to drive whatever knowledge it contains clean out of it. But a sound and healthy body is a strong protection to a man, and at least there is no danger then of such a calamity happening to him through physical weakness. So what Socrates is showing already 2,500 years ago is the belief that a body in ill health is going to lead to a mind in ill, in, in, in ill health. A body that is strong and healthy is going to lead to a mind that is strong and healthy. And this belief was literally start to brought, be brought about through these, um, these institutions of the time called gymnasiums. Now, a gymnasium nowadays, we just think of a gymnastics place, which is ironic because gyms nowadays are gym is just short for gymnasium and when we say gym we're talking about a fitness center but when we say gymnasium we're talking about a gymnastics place but nonetheless that's just me thinking out loud for some reason which is dangerous sometimes nonetheless the gymnasium of ancient greece um, started out as mostly a place where athletes went to train but over time, a short period of time, right around 500 to, five, uh, 500 to 400 BC, there was a transition to the gymnasium being for performance, to the gymnasium being, gymnasium being a place of holistic development. And the gymnasium became a place where people went not only to train, but also to listen to philosophers, to be taught morals and ethics, um, to recover through hot baths and cold baths to improve their fitness, to improve their mind, to improve their body. It was literally this place where there was a holistic development of you. And they believed that it took the improvement of the physical body and the recovery of the physical body as well, hence the hot baths and cold baths, to maintain a nice, strong clarity of mind. There were coaches there to help improve help you improve your physical abilities. There were philosophers there to help you improve your mental abilities. This idea of the gymnasium lasted for a very long time until it was shut down by, uh, well, the gymnasium wasn't necessarily shut down, but the Olympics were shut down, which kind of ended the revolution of fitness, if you will, or the re revolution of training as a way of life um, around 500 AD. I can't remember the emperor that shut the Olympics down. Nonetheless, um, two of the most famous gymnasiums came from two other famous uh, philosophers that may be familiar to you. One is Aristotle. He had his gymnasium called the Lyceum. And one is Plato. He had his gymnasium called the Academy. That is where we get our word Academy from. Um, Aristotle and Plato were also pupils of Socrates. So as you can see, this whole idea, the people who we connect to philosophy are also the people who we should connect health to because they had these institutions where the body was 
brought about and the body was developed and it wasn't just one thing or another. Now, fast forward 2,500 years later, now there's obviously a whole lot in between then and now. 2,500 years later, we have a reductionist view to health and fitness. We have bodybuilding, we have powerlifting, we have weight training, we have yoga, we have all these other things. We also look at things from a reductionist standpoint in that we have work over here, we have life over here, we have um, training over here, we have whatever else over here going out and being with friends over here. And because of this reductionist standpoint, because we pull our lives apart and we think that all we're doing is putting different, putting, we got to make sure we put some time here and put some time there and put some time here. Uh, research has shown that that mindset and trying to live in that fashion is actually increases anxiety and increases stress levels. Having a holistic view of life is a very powerful idea and it is a very powerful thing to wrap, start to shift the mind to. The Greeks did it, started that 2,500 years ago and somewhere along the way, as we started to pull literally our lives apart and started to put them in buckets, and then we literally started to pull our bodies apart and start to put it in buckets through reductionist medicine, then we started to go, well, I don't, health is over here and the body's over here and the mind's over here. And if you're working one, you're not necessarily working the other. Well, it turns out that that's not the case. And 2,500 years ago, Socrates showed us, Plato showed us, Aristotle showed us that it is the whole thing. It is the whole body-mind connection that is important. And with all of that, that's how you become the kind of person that can follow through on the things that you want to do and that can live a long, healthy life and that can thrive and that can be vital and that can, uh, as you are a grandparent, get up and down with your grandkids and go outside and play with them and all of those good things. So all of that to be said, um, that that's where weight training essentially started. It started as a way to improve not only the, bo the, the body, but also the mind. And if we start to shift our own minds from, I'm doing this so that I can look better in a bathing suit or so that I can lose weight or whatever, and understand that while you can have those goals and those goals are, goals are important, but until you start to shift it to the identity, who you are, who you're trying to become, it's going to be much harder to sustain any of your health and fitness endeavors for the long term. Okay. Um, that's all I have. Let's take a quick summary of what we talked about, and then we'll look at some questions. Uh, so we talked about good old Milo and how he picked up his baby calf. And that was the start of progressive resistance training. Progressive resistance training simply being starting at the place where you are and then slowly adding some level of resistance over time so that you can achieve the goal that you're after. Uh, we talked about the gymnasium and how the gymnasium was the beginning of the body as a whole and training the body as a whole and not just pieces and parts.
And then we ended with looking at the reductionist view where, that we currently have and how we view the mind as a thing and the body as a thing and the internal organs as a thing and the nervous system as a thing. And we are having a hard time wrapping our heads around one affects the other, affects the other, affects the other. And what affects one affects the whole. And if we train the whole, then we can start to start to become the kind of person that actually sustains this lifestyle for a long period of time. All right, some questions, some questions. When you're in the gym, are you training or are you working out? Again, the idea or the mindset of going to the gym to work out and going to the gym to train, it seems like a small idea or it seems like a small shift. But if you're going in for if you're going in to achieve an outcome and you're going in for a purpose, then you're probably going to put a little more effort in than if you're just going in to quote workout. How often are you progressing your efforts as it pertains to training? Remember, progressive resistance training is called such because you are progressing your weights. So you're moving forward at a somewhat regular interval. Just like losing weight, you're always going to hit plateaus and then you'll push through and then you'll plateau and push through. But progressive means moving forward. If you're staying the same, then you're not necessarily getting stronger. Yes, you're going to maintain a level of strength, which is important as well, but you do want to progress yourself. Finally, how do you think about life in general? Do you have a, quote, reductionist view of life where I have work and then I have home and then I have health and then I have friends and then I have this and I need to make sure that I hit all these buckets? Or do you view it as a whole? Do you view life as I'm just trying to fill my part as well as I can and I'm trying to be the best type of person that I can so that I can fill those voids well? Like I said, there is lots of good quality research that shows that having that reductionist mindset brings higher levels of stress and anxiety. Viewing the body, viewing life as a whole is, can be much more empowering to the mind. Okay, that's all today. Um, I know that that was maybe not the most exciting of stuff, but I think that, that it's good to start with where things begin so that we can understand where weight training started and how we've made a shift from weight training as a thing that helps us as a whole to weight training as a thing that just helps us get bigger muscles. Unless we start to make that shift and push over to weight training or training in life, um, training as an identity, then it's, we need to start to make that shift if we're going to make this thing sustainable. Okay. Uh, make sure that you share this with your friends. Make sure that you like and subscribe. And until next time, here's to your success and health and fitness mastery.